0: Warning, this podcast contains mature themes from very immature people. I do. I did have a sort of relationship that I want to tell you about.
1: Am I about to learn something?
0: So I met this girl. She was from the Ukraine, which I don't know if you know much about um, LGBTQ rights in the Ukraine. They're not great on our second sort of kind of not really a date you know you know those, those types <laughs> I, I heard her talking about like well I wish there was some way I could stay in America and I half, half jokingly <laughs> got down on one knee in the New York City subway <laughs> I'm not a U-Haul lesbian <laughs> but I am I guess a green card NB <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: um but it didn't happen and uh i ended up ghosting her a little bit later after that oh yeah
1: ghosted
0: okay yeah why she she said something that annoyed me <laughs> uh, that seems that seems entirely petty and as if my uh offer to marry her was insincere in some way
1: it does a little bit sound that way
0: <laughs> if she had married me maybe we could have worked through our differences.
1: That's true. You could have gone to counseling. (laughs) Uh, Are you a habitual ghoster? I'm more of a fader. Are you a ghoster?
0: (laughs) I, I think it's tough because I've been in a lot of these not quite dating scenarios, you know, where Mm -hmm. you're like getting together for certain occasions, uh, Sex may be involved, or it may not be, you're not really boyfriend, girlfriend, or girlfriend, girlfriend, or whatever you have. So I have there hasn't ever had to be like a, oh, well, this isn't working for me conversation.
1: Yeah, I'm similar. And I think for the record, ghosting and fading is really only appropriate when you're in those not quite actually dating scenarios. For the record, right. I think it's bitchy to do it anytime after that. Yeah. However, I have been in a couple of situations where I really thought we were still in that total gray area. You could just send me a text or just do the fade and I would get the hint kind of scenarios where I've been like, dumped Mm -hmm. only to have people react like, are you okay? And me be like, yeah, I didn't. Yeah. Mm -hmm." (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. you you could have just sent me a text. It's fine. (laughs) It's happened like two or three times to me now where I'm like, oh boy, it's kind of worse that you just (laughs) took me on this special walk to dump me instead of just, I don't know, not texting me this week. Cause I'm really not needy. I'm not needy to the point of being defensive. So I'm like, Yeah. You don't want to talk to me, fuck you. I'm not gonna I'm not coming for your attention. (laughs) You know what I mean? All you have to do is like have a bad week, and I'm like, well fuck you too. (laughs) (laughs) Look
0: into his eyes. They're the eyes of a man obsessed by sex.
1: Uh Leave it at Sorry. <laughs> no.
0: No. How dare you? How
1: dare you? Welcome to Let's Get It On Film, the all things sex in film and TV podcast. We're your hosts, Kate and Lauren. Hi, Kate. Hi, Lauren. Hi. <laughs> hey. I'm just so pleased every time we start. I know it makes us both be way girlier than we naturally are. We get like customer service voice. I know. I have to, I have to butcher it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I like that.
0: Yeah. I need to, I need (laughs) to channel my top energy. Um,
1: (laughs) Which is non-existent, unfortunately. (laughs) Um, Uh, So Lauren, tell the listeners, why are you such a huge bottom bitch? (laughs) uh,
0: You know, (laughs) Uh, I plead the fifth. I've been watching a lot of Law and Order and I plead the fifth. Mm -hmm, mm
1: -hmm. Lauren, we've been trapped in this pandemic for nearly a whole year now, and we are in the dead of winter on the East Coast, both freezing our buns off. Mm -hmm. Where would you be right now if it were not a pandemic in the dead of winter? What would be the dream?
0: Hmm. I don't know if I want to say beach or if I want to say pool. Because beach, it, you go there for the atmosphere, the mm-hmm. sun and the sand and this and everything. But a pool, it's been ages since I've like lounged at the side of a pool with a book and my sunglasses and maybe even a drink if I'm feeling saucy, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, a tropical cocktail by the pool. Yeah. That, that would be delightful. Would you have a date by the pool with you in this dream scenario? Mm,
0: in this dream scenario, I think I'm going full milf in like sex in the city. And I'm like scoping out the lifeguards.
1: Mm, the in pool this boys. scenario, that's what
0: I'm doing. Yes. I'm pr- on the prowl, I think, rather than already committed to someone.
1: Oh, on the prowl. I love that for you. Yeah. Thank you. Would you hook up with somebody in a pool?
0: Hmm. Now that's where the fantasy gets murky. (laughs) That's where you start coming up against certain things like infections, Mm. which uh, I won't say too much on the subject, but it does suck. (laughs) I have heard.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't. I haven't done the research on exactly what getting chlorine in your cooch could do to it. Hmm. Along with anything else that is in a pool, uh, statistically gallons of urine. That's a thing. Plus, you, um, you lose your natural lubrication,
0: which is not good. Yeah. Anything that could force water somewhere where the water is not supposed to be, mm-hmm. I think is, is not considered great. Yes. But the fantasy of getting it on in a pool. You know, there's something about being wet. Ooh. Even just saying the word, ooh, wet. Uh can can be really like fun and rousing and I understand why it's uh why that's a big deal. Again, I think it works better as a fantasy and maybe that's why we see it on
1: screen maybe more than we do in real life. I think you're right on there. Um it's uh, you know something that we've talked about before a lot of what makes movie sex so great are the things that are unrealistic about it that allows it to capture your your fantasy imagination <laughs> yeah in a way that the realities of sex can't always so yeah that makes this such a good topic for today <laughs> when we're dying for a little bit of sunshine and swimming and a little bit of uh, you know <laughs> <laughs> A little bit of that S-E-X, baby.
0: Yeah, let's talk about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very excited for this topic. Although, uh, personally, I think my offering is pretty lackluster. Oh, no. Yeah, so we're going to talk about maybe the failings of this sex scene. You found a dud. All
1: right. They can't all be winners. What made you want to explore this This dud? What, what gave you hope that it would be great? All right. So the film I chose
0: was Wild Things. Not to be confused with where the wild things are. Thank you very much.
1: <laughs> Less full sex in that one.
0: Less sex in general. So Wild Things. It is a, again, sort of like, erotic thriller I, I saw it described as the kissing cousin to body heat uh, and so I thought I thought it would be really good and plus I'm gonna send you the the theatrical poster and you're gonna understand why I thought of this film
1: ah yes I do I do know what this film is famous for but I have no idea what it's about oh hmm
0: so you can see they're submerged in water. Mm-hmm. And there's a very sexy vibe going on between uh, Nev Campbell
1: and uh, Denise Richards. Did I mm-hmm. get that right? Yep. And um, Matt Dillon in the front with like titties bugging out of this yep. baby cap t shirt. He's looking fine. Yeah.
0: This, I mean, <laughs> I saw this described as Matt Dillon's return. Uh, from blockbuster Siberia. Uh, I guess he had had some bad luck before this. But you can see from the theatrical poster, uh, Nev Campbell and Denise Richards are submerged and looking very sexy in this, uh, you know, erotic thriller with with Kevin Bacon as well. Um, Kevin Bacon also executive produced this film, Hmm. which is why... Uh, there's a brief moment where you see Kevin Bacon's penis. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Do you think that was in his contract?
0: <laughs> Apparently in his contract, it was no penis. But then he saw the shot that they liked and he was like, yeah, that's OK.
1: And he went with full penis. <laughs> he was like, yeah, that's a flattering angle. Keep it.
0: <laughs> yeah, but he had full artistic control. So that's how that happened. Um, but Kevin Bacon described the script as the trashiest thing he had ever read. But every few pages, there was another surprise. (laughs) And that's why I really, really cannot give you much plot summary here, because it is one of those like thrillers that has so many twists and turns that there's really no place in the plot that I can go to tell you about without giving something away. Uh, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and keep it, try and keep it kind of general. Okay. So Wild Things was directed by John McNaughton. I hope to God that's correct. Uh, (laughs) who was known for his first film, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. So it seemed like he had done more, uh, gory thriller, horror type work. And I know he went on to do a few episodes of, shows like Homicide, Life on the Streets. It it seemed more like that was his genre uh, rather than a neurotic thriller. (laughs) Also fun, this was scored by George S. Clinton, not to be confused with George Clinton of Parliament. Okay, that's
1: exactly who I was thinking of.
0: I know. I saw him come up in the credits and I was like, George Clinton,
1: Parliament, funk, where are you at
0: let's take it to Funky town, all right, um, but no, not no relation
1: <laughs> bummer,
0: <laughs> I know, uh but I thought you'd be interested to note uh George S. Clinton did also score the uh, entire Austin Powers franchise. Huh. okay, yeah, so that's that's sort of the idea. Uh, that you should keep in your mind (laughs) okay and yeah so so roger ebert described this film as a lurid trash with a plot (laughs) so twisted they're still explaining it during the closing titles
1: (laughs) that's my kind of movie
0: it's very good hang on i'm gonna keep going It's like a three way collision between a softcore sex film, a soap opera, and a B grade noir. (laughs) And then he says, I liked it. (laughs) And later in his review, he added, I don't want to get any postcards telling me this movie is in bad taste. I'm warning you, it is in bad taste. (laughs) Bad taste elevated to the level of demented sleaze.
1: Ooh. Uh,
0: So, what I can tell you about this film. Uh, is that it's set in Florida, very close to the Everglades. It deals with um, accusations of rape by two high school students against their uh, guidance counselor. And a FBI agent is tasked with trying to understand what the veracity of this claim is and whether whether there's more at play than
1: meets the eye. Is the subject of rape tactfully handled?
0: You know, I was actually surprised because when these accusations of rape come out, the entire community turns against the uh, accused rapist and just automatically believes the victims. I mean, the movie is from 1998. It's not exactly a bastion of tact. (laughs) definitely rooted in 1998 kind of culture um so this film is incredibly horny all the time (laughs) there's a shot where um a man is looking at a bunch of these cheerleaders and then the next shot is him firing a water hose down by his (laughs) crotch that's um that's subtle. I like that. It's it's very subtle. Yeah, definitely. There's a few gratuitous scenes of one of the main characters' moms who just lounges around in a bikini, I guess, all the time. <laughs> and there are a few beautiful shots. I mean, they're working with Denise Richards of um Starship Trooper's Fame and Nev Campbell. Is it Nev or Neve? I think it's Nev. Nev. Uh, And Nev Campbell um, of Scream Fane. I mean, they're gorgeous. And they do so many good sweeping shots. Like there's one particular one that goes like from someone's like foots. Foots? (laughs) From someone's feet. um, Panning all the way up her body and she's just dripping wet because she was just washing a car. (laughs) There's a lot. There's a lot. This movie is 100% horny. But also... Kind of fun, but also kind of a little too much. <laughs> I'm going to send you a scene and without much context, uh, because I don't want to give away any of the twists and turns. Um, but basically, Nev Campbell and Denise Richards are in a pool together, and Denise Richards' character Kelly is trying to sort of mm, playfully drown. <laughs> Of Campbell's uh, character, Susie. They're sort of
1: play fighting, but they're not really. It's a it's weird. It's so it's like a dominance play kind of mind game flirting situation. Yes, Yes.
0: it's there's definitely there's a lot of slapping beforehand and like pushing into the pool. It's a lot. (laughs) There's definitely a fight for dominance here. But then uh, then they sort of stop. And things get a little more tender. And that's what I'm going to send to you. Okay. Okay. So first thing I want to tell you, uh, it's very hard to find the original scene as it exists in the uh, film that is available, let's say on mm, streaming services, because a lot of people are more interested in the scene that continues from the uncut version. So that is what you saw. OK. Everything after their first kiss, where she starts undoing the uh, bikini top, that is not in the film that I watched. Huh. That was deleted scenes. <laughs> I can tell you what I saw when I watched this film. OK. So we see the sort of drowning moment, which is weird. But then they push up against the pool steps. Susie is gasping and crying. And then Kelly brushes the hair tenderly out of her face. And she says, you are scared, aren't you? She kind of like caresses Susie's chin as she's looking down on her. Susie in turn reaches up and touches her fingers to Kelly's mouth, showing off the goth rings, the nail polish, and the like finger tattoo that marks her as, being from the wrong side of the tracks. (laughs) Kelly licks her middle finger and sucks on it. And after that small moment, uh, Kelly reaches down, puts a hand to the back of her neck and pulls Susie into a kiss. From there, we get a shot of Kevin Bacon (laughs) hiding in the bushes with a camcorder. Oh, Kevin. Uh Uh-huh. And then we go back to Kevin Bacon's FBI office where the sex scene that he was recording is playing on this wall-mounted TV in the background. (laughs) The love scene that exists in the film is just that hair-brushing, finger-sucking kiss.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And so in this extended version, Denise Richards' bikini top comes off, she goes full topless, Mm -hmm. she... Pulls off Nev's top, but she's clearly got a nudity clause in her contract because we don't see her titties. We only see her from behind. Yep. Um, of course, struck by Denise Richards' perfectly round fake breasts, which are incredible. Yep. <laughs> yep. Actually, back then she looks like um Brooke Shields. She looks a lot like Brooke Shields back, huh. back here. Um, she's gorgeous. And this does get really tender really fast. Is there any reason to think that that feels <laughs> like a like an appropriate narrative shift? Or does it just feel like exploitative, hot lesbian bullshit? There's no
0: reason, none whatsoever, that I can find for why they added this scene. There is a directive for Kelly to calm Susie down. And I guess she decided after hitting her in the face a few times and trying to drown her that having sex with her would calm her down. (laughs) It makes no, it makes no narrative sense. And what really got me is that there's so much lewd material, uh, in the rest of the film. Like I said, at one point, There's just a gratuitous scene where someone's mom is having sex and she gets a phone call from the school telling her that her daughter isn't at school. And it's just like, why did we have to see her tits in that scene? That doesn't add anything to the dialogue or action that's happening.
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa. The better question is, why aren't we seeing tits in every scene, Lauren?
0: (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. Hang on. There's also an extended threesome scene. That is, I believe, the sex scene that this film is famous for. And when I went into this film, I expected that threesome sex scene that was so famous to take place in a pool Mm -hmm. or at least in water of some kind because of the theatrical poster. No, no, no. It just takes place in a sleazy motel room. But anyway, they spend a lot of time on this guy having sex with two uh, 18 year old girls (sighs) and making them kiss each other and do stuff to each other. That it's like, you're not sure if they want, but then I guess later on in the film, they have this scene and it sort of makes you wonder, do they have an attraction to each other? What's going on here? But my point is, my point being, they spend so much time showing gratuitous tits and straight stuff. (laughs) And then they have these two beautiful women start to make love in a pool for no apparent reason, but I can forgive that. But then they cut away to Kevin Bacon in the, in the bushes. Mm-hmm. And they don't let me enjoy what's really happening.
1: No, it's all about the male gaze the whole way through that and that's unfortunate. Yeah. Exactly. There doesn't appear to be anything cinematically interesting about this either. <laughs> it's kind of Yeah. It's kind of lit like softcore porn and Yeah. The editing is like fine. It's not distracting, really. It's a bit slow, I noted. It's a little slow. We're cutting deliberately around nudity on one actress while deliberately mm-hmm. showing nudity on the other. So that's a little stilted. Yeah. Like it's a hot kiss. They look hot kissing. <laughs> right? <laughs> They're that's both really gorgeous. the most that can
0: be said. They're mm-hmm. both so gorgeous. I. Uh, I don't I don't even recall what my take was when we talked about fingers in the mouths. I do kind of enjoy this uh, <laughs> finger in mouth moment. Mm-hmm. I think because with um, I thought this is biased. Hmm. I'm just going to say it anyway and we'll address that it's biased. I think my impression is with two women when someone sucks a finger in their mouth you know immediately that that finger is going in someone's cooch.
1: <laughs> you know? so that feels like a prequel that's fair um for me the fingers and mouth thing is really more about the mouth than the fingers and it's kind of like an appreciation of a nice luscious mouth which denise richards has like gorgeous lips she's so pretty yeah so for me for me it's a it's a mouth thing so i agree i think Mm. that looks really sexy i thought it looked sexy in titanic too
0: yeah I think that's that's the redeeming moment of this little scene
1: is that little suck she gives to Nev Campbell's middle finger. Do you um consider so you don't consider fingers in the mouth to be phallic in any way? I well, I always consider it to be a phallic thing.
0: I think when it's like this so, this sounds biased, but other than like lesbians, I think it's phallic. When it's lesbians, I think it's utilitarian.
1: I don't know not with those nails honey
0: oh that's true (laughs) my god that's true god how much lesbian cinema has been ruined by someone who won't cut their fucking nails (laughs) but yes Uh, yeah so I, 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 I wanted to address the fact that this was an annoying thing for me to have to have a opportunity, let's say, a great opportunity to have some beautiful girl on girl between Nev Campbell and Denise Richards. And it really just felt very male gazy.
1: It definitely is, which is unfortunate. This is the only scene that I knew about in this movie. This this girl on girl makeout is the only thing I knew about wild things. Mm-hmm. But this is also very much of the era where it was considered like super outrageously titillating to have a little girl on girl action. Yeah, right up until probably Katy Perry and I kissed a girl. People were still like really, really titillated by a little bit of lesbian action, and since then, yeah, I think things <laughs> have tapered off into slight normalcy with it. It's less of a taboo thing but yeah th- that that scene is definitely the reputation that <laughs> precedes this movie
0: yeah i don't know i had higher i had, i don't know why i had higher hopes for wild things but i did and so <laughs> i i ended up disappointed a bitch can dream <laughs> right but yeah so i mean it's not it's not gonna do much but let's stop and talk about it stop tell me how you'd rate this movie Well, I would rate the soundtrack. uh, This is a a repeat track, I believe, from earlier in the film. I believe the track is called After Tonight, as in after tonight, none of us are going to see each other again.
1: Ooh, ominous. (laughs)
0: Yeah, it's it's fine. It's a swelling sort of like similar to body heat, but not as good. You know, it's it's. It's got that sort of, like, pangs, pang, I don't know, pangs of feeling infused in, in, the, in the song. But I don't know. I'd, I think I'd just give it a basic three. All right. Three out of five. That's fair. Yeah. Just a basic three. Time? Much too short. Especially when you consider that much of what you saw was deleted scenes. Why? Wouldn't you just let me enjoy something, Kevin Bacon?
1: <laughs> this is a direct plea to Kevin Bacon. Please send all of the footage.
0: Yes, please send me everything you have of Niv Campbell because I think she's really pretty. Um, anyway. Uh, so time, I think it, it kind of sucks. Uh, I'm, I'm wavering between a one and a two here. I I think the editing is slow for such a short scene, so I don't know. Um,
1: I'll I'll be kind and give it a two. I don't know because I would not even call this a love scene where it cuts in the actual movie. This extended footage you gave me is a love scene, but barely a kiss on the lips. I'm not even sure I would call that a love scene.
0: It's tough because we we get we get the sense that they continue having sex, but it's just we see them from a tiny screen in the background of the scene. Mm-hmm. So we know they're having sex, but we're not able to see it. Yeah, I mean, it, it was tough. And i watched this and I wondered, is this even enough to constitute a sex scene? That I thought I would bring it anyway, mostly because I didn't want to watch another movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I think it's definitely worth talking about because of it's usage of this, you know, male-gazy, lesbian, taboo thing. Although the finger-sucking.
0: Mm. There's an argument to be made that the finger-sucking. Points, points for
1: finger-sucking.
0: <laughs> yeah. Authenticity. Uh, I mean, it's it's wild that they go from this weird fighting to the, like, tender hair brushing. Like, that's bizarre to me. They don't talk about anything. They're just kissing for some reason.
1: Well, tell me tell me about this narrative. Does it make sense that something manipulative would be happening here? Some sort of like punishment reward situation that we'd be seeing play out in this dynamic, um, you know, beat you up. And then as soon as you're scared of me, reward you, you know, that sort of, I'm so sorry, I'll never do it again, abusive boyfriend thing
0: from okay this is why it's so hard for me to talk about this from one perspective yes that does make sense as as a as a reasoning for why this is happening from another perspective that you only find out at the very very end it makes no sense at all
1: (laughs) so i i don't know what to tell you that's that's enough (laughs) yeah
0: yeah so authenticity i don't know man i think it's fine if you're with your girl and you want to be in a pool and you kiss and your tops come off i think that's beautiful (laughs) uh fucking i'll give it a three because i think i think they're doing fine they're not doing anything outrageous you know yeah it's
1: exactly what you should be doing in a pool basically which is foreplay yeah pool foreplay is very hot. It's pool penetration that you get. <laughs> you get a You little... get in some mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm.
0: you get in some hot water.
1: <laughs> I see what you did there.
0: <laughs> of course you do. It was so obvious. Um, <laughs> heat, heat, heat. I don't know. They're beautiful. They're so beautiful. I wanted this to be hotter than I think I found it. I think the finger sucking I enjoyed I've said that at length. I even do like the the sort of touch that Kelly gives Susie's chin as she's like moving the hair from her face and she just brings her hands down. I kind of enjoy that, so I'm wavering between a three and a four because i do I do think they're incredibly
1: gorgeous they are it's it's hot it's it's hot it's hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, my brain is melted. It's hard to say that this isn't hot just by nature of the fact that they're so gorgeous. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Watching any two extraordinarily hot people kiss at any time in any place is fun. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: But then Kevin Bacon comes along and ruins it with his Kevin Bacon face. (laughs) (laughs) So, I'm going to give it a three. I took points off for Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Production value, I don't think it's that great, honestly. I think the lighting is maybe the best thing about it. In and that's not saying terribly much. I, I think the acting is good, uh, especially from Nev Campbell. I like her acting. But I don't think I don't think the the cinematography is saying anything really special. I,
1: I agree with you. <laughs> Thank you.
0: I'll, I'll just give it a, give it a two and, and not beat a dead horse. Um, Why, why promise me these beautiful women in a pool with your poster. And then when it comes time for them to make love in a pool, you cut away. It's not fair.
1: Yeah. I think for me, the better question is, who knew Roger Ebert was so horny? Yeah.
0: <laughs> he he really liked this film. He gave it a 3 out of 4. <laughs> uh anyway, Kate, I want to hear what you have for me cuz I, I hope do. it will be better.
1: <laughs> I have a really good one for you this week. I'm really psyched to tell you about it. I brought for you swim fan. Ooh, okay it's a 2002 american teen psychological thriller it's widely considered to be like the teenage fatal attraction okay it was directed by john polson who has had more of a career as a tv director which tracks because this whole movie looks like a gritty episode of a police procedural it's not a it's not a great movie to watch just you know (laughs) aesthetically speaking (laughs) it's stars Jesse Bradford of Perpetual Five O'Clock Shadow and The Love of My Early Life. You know him from Bring It On and The West Wing. Oh! And Erica Christensen, who's another early Naughties icon. Um, she was in The Perfect Score and The Banger Sisters. And more recently, she was on Parenthood. Um, also, weirdly, apparently a Scientologist, which I just read. Cool. Um, That's always a, a, a bad thing when you find that out. Pepper a little bit of that in for flavor. hmm So um, these two, Jesse Bradford and Erica Christensen are of the same era of movies that spit out Chris Evans and Scarlett Johansson and Kirsten Dunst. Any Mm. of those former Mm -hmm. teen stars who are around 40 now. And this movie is really of its time. It's all pre-cell phone proliferation. um, But we see uh, an early example of the use of newer technology in a movie. They've got like... Mm. Pagers and stuff, but there's also like instant messaging and email, and the use of digital video cameras that kind of play into the overall plot resolution pretty significantly. And there's a digital nude mirror selfie, <laughs> so it's okay, it's like cusping modern. But Lauren, this movie has lived rent free in my brain since I was a kid, really, even though I had never seen it all the way through until recently it has always been in my brain because this is a movie that teenagers talked about when I was a kid, huh. like you know, beanbag chairs and <laughs> jelly sandals and whatever else the teenagers were doing back then.
0: Interesting. Cause I think I missed it completely. So the fact that you were really tuned in to what I guess was cool, uh, that that's says a lot about you more than me. I mean, is it, is it a good film?
1: Not particularly. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it was a it was a very uh, impactful film at the time. I think it's got about a fifteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes, mm. so not super well reviewed. So, Swim Fan follows this high school senior named Ben Cronin, who's played by Jesse Bradford, who's living the small town dream he's handsome and popular he's got this long-term girlfriend who he's crazy about he's got stanford scouts coming to his next swim meet to watch him he's got Mm a big ugly truck and a single mother who adores Mm him (laughs) Uh, he's also got this slightly dark past of youthful indiscretions (gasps) But he's he's thoroughly rebounded from this by the time we meet him at the start of this movie. But he's got a dark past. Everything's coming Mm. up roses for Ben Cronin until the mysterious Madison Bell moves into town Um, and she takes an immediate shine to him. This is Erica Christensen's character. Right after they meet, she gets him to bring her out to eat where he pretty immediately tells her, you know, he has a girlfriend after she starts flirting with him. Um, But she's really persistent and she says well we'll just we'll just be friends it's fine we can be friends right and he's hesitant and she's mm-hmm. like what's wrong can't we just be friends kind of thing so she she convinces him to hang out with her longer and to take her to the pool she asks him for a swim lesson cuz she can't swim <laughs> <sighs> of course of course so she strips off to her red underwear and of course they hook up uh, <laughs> um uh. She eventually gets possessive and violent when he rejects her, and she starts trying to tear mm-hmm. his life to shreds and hurt everyone he loves. But first, they have horny teenage pool sex. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. So, right off the bat, you get this beautiful blue atmospheric lighting and the echoey sound because they're at an indoor pool. Mm hmm. And it's really intimate because he needs to hold her the whole time he's like swimming with her because otherwise she might drown. Because she doesn't know how to swim. she doesn't know how to swim. Um, and they're in this big pool and big empty space alone together. Plus they're mm-hmm. mostly naked so it's very sexy and private. And they finish swimming a lap together and she backs him up against the wall of the pool. And he looks a little distressed Mm -hmm. because he knows he shouldn't be doing this with her because he has a girlfriend. And she gives him a really hot kiss. (laughs) And he tries to stop her again. And he says, you know, wait, 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 we can't do this. And she says, it'll be our little secret. (laughs) Yeah. And then she grabs his dick and says, "Mm, maybe not so little. (laughs) Which is a lot Um, and then from there the momentum shifts a little bit and he Mm -hmm. kisses her then and turns them around so he has her up against the wall and then um, he's he's in charge now yeah and they start having sex and that's when we get our first huge red flag about her as a character and she says yeah and tell me you love me (laughs) you don't have to mean it just say it for me (laughs) which is weird
0: Yeah, you don't, you don't want that. I think this is an interesting scene. I I don't mean the note of surprise in my voice. Um, (laughs) um, It's a very interesting scene because I think this is the only way that you could really show like full on, like full on sex in a PG-13 way. That doesn't fade to black or doesn't have them like under sheets or something, but you it you but it's it's cropped so that you only see them from the
1: shoulders up, mhm, yep, it's shot really close up mostly on their profile, so you're like right in that moment with them as a viewer, which is really sexy and intimate. You can see the pool water dripping off their faces, and you can see her her ample cleavage bouncing like just below the surface of the water. Ben, in particular, is in shadow for most of the scene. Yeah. But there's one cut to straight on right after she grabs his dick where the blue lighting makes Bradford's um, frankly luscious mouth look so red. (laughs) It's like a gorgeous Mm. little pop of color along with her, you know, vampy red lacy underwear um, in what is otherwise a really monochromatic scene and yeah when i see that first of all i'm like wow that's beautiful um he's serving young robert downey jr vibes another yes. another thing that lives rent free in my head is rdj's cute face and dark eyelashes in the 80s and that's very much what bradford brings <sighs> to the table in the early noughties
0: yes 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 100 percent, yes uh so yeah this i mean we we know For a sex scene that if we wanted to be fully PC, that the instant someone says, no, we can't,
1: that's, that's, that's the end. That's it. That's it, cowboy. Yep. You definitely don't grab their dick to convince them anyway. You don't. (laughs) Nope.
0: Not at all. You do not. Once they say, nah, it's, it's lights out.
1: No lights on. It's lights on. (laughs)
0: Lights on? lights on lights on (laughs) party over uh yeah
1: very much so but there is you know in that moment after after she grabs his dick where he does decidedly change his mind and they cue viewers to that by letting him take over control of the scene and they switch places and he turns them and he pushes her up against the wall. And that's our sort of cue. Like, it's okay, everybody. It's not rape. Cause look, he's changed his mind and he's being the, he's being the more active participant. Now
0: this, this shot where he turns her around, I want to talk about it. Um, because it has, it has a jump cut, which is something that I notice, but it's, I actually enjoy it because it's a change in time. Uh, rather than position, and they—they they, it looks as if they're cutting out something of, like, fumbling, mm-hmm. and you just get them just back in the action, and it, it actually works, because it, it implies that they've been making love
1: for longer than we see. Well, to, to me, the jump cut, what it looks like to me is, like, they reach down to pull off their swimsuits or something. That's what it looks ah. like to me is that, you know, he turns and they're kissing and then we jump to where they can start actually having intercourse because they've pulled off their bottoms. That's that's what that communicates mm. to me. But maybe I'm just reading into it because, you know, I like that fumbling. No,
0: that makes sense. That makes sense. I think that's a good read. Um, I guess I hadn't I hadn't thought that the bottoms needed to come off if they could just. uh they don't need to come off. They can just be shifted. Or you know? right.
1: Adjusting. Right. Maybe not coming off, but but opening opening of uh, of trunks or whatever. I don't know how fucking swim trunks work.
0: <laughs> <laughs> do they have openings like boxers? I don't. I don't
1: recall. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, see, now here's where <laughs> here's where you'd want to. You do. We have to ask a straight dude.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah fuck <laughs> that is a good
1: point hey, hello hi hey what's up um we, <laughs> we were wondering if you wanted to participate in a new podcast segment that we're calling ew do we have to ask a sis, dude <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, that does sound disgusting, but yeah, no, I will absolutely uh, (laughs) participate. Okay. Thank you. So what's the deal with men's swim trunks? What would you do with them if you had to have pool sex? Uh, In my experience, there's two different configurations, we'll say, of of pool trunks. Um, One is just a simple kind of... Shorts with like these little netting underwear built into them, which I'm not really sure why those exist. <laughs> and, and never have I ever felt secure with that netting. But um, <laughs> in that case, I, I assume. And I'm and I'm going to start off by saying I've never had pool sex just because I read a Darwin Award saying that people got stuck together doing that, and it's just terrified me ever since. <gasps> but, um, if I had to, yeah, I. I I didn't read all the science behind it. I was just like, nope, not doing that. <laughs> um, if, if it's the first configuration, you would, I guess, just defrock completely. <laughs> um, mm. If it's the second configuration where it does have like, kind of all, I, like a fly that's kind of tied together with this like shoelace type kind of thing, <laughs> you could potentially undo them the same way you would like jeans or something um and not have to to go completely naked but that's that's how they normally work um or you could just wear a speedo i'm assuming and and probably just you know similarly uh take that off but but that's that's uh, a Mm. quick lesson in swim trunks 101 (laughs) unless they've progressed Immensely since the last time I went swimming, which is quite possible. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you very much for your insights. We appreciate it. <laughs> of course, very much. For having me. <laughs> Our first <laughs> guest star. Our wow, first I'm
0: guest. <laughs> that was so good. There you go. I feel. Uh, I feel enlightened.
1: Me too. But while he was talking, I was like is he just wearing boxers in this scene? <laughs> <laughs> like, is he even wearing swim trunks? Can we tell? Mm, mm, fair point.
0: You know, one thing I do like uh, about this scene, the amount of groping that she's doing in his hair. Mm-hmm. We, I think as a culture, don't see so much attention placed on like, men's hair and like back of head and the raking of fingers through that area. But that's something I very much enjoy.
1: Me too. I think that's really sexy.
0: That's very sexy. And the fact that it's like covered in these little droplets from the pool uh, and the hair, his hair
1: is glinting. Uh, it, it just, it makes for a beautiful picture. I agree. And I think he's so pretty anyway that any any added sparkle.
0: <laughs> um, you just want him to sparkle like a, like a vampire in Twilight. <laughs> I just want him to shine bright like a diamond. <laughs> so Kate, is it, is it time for us to stop? Stop. Have I got
1: some ratings for you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> please. Please hit me with
1: some ratings. So, the soundtrack. I would give this about a two out of five for me. It's not super sexy. Um, It's also Mm -hmm. not, like, distractingly ominous, which some of the score of this movie is. It, like, doesn't trust the viewers to understand that something abnormal is happening, so they pump this super menacing music into practically every scene. Mm -hmm. So I give it a two, really, just because it's improvement over the rest of the movie, but it's definitely not a sexy fuck jam.
0: No, we're we're really light on fuck jams lately. We are. I think we haven't had a great one since the bronze.
1: I know that was a superlative fuck jam. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the timing is a four out of five for me. This is just under two minutes, mm-hmm. but this is like the ideal sex scene timing for me. It's really indulgent in the kisses but it doesn't linger too long to watch them pound it out like animals which is my preferred sex Mm -hmm. scene structure sure it gives us enough time again to take us through a little bit of a narrative arc you know as we dance through the, the slight consent issues and the kind of um the shift in dominance that we see it gives us enough time to see all that plus you know a lot of good grasping and deep kissing and hands in the hair and you know I, I i like where it leaves us to where they're like still just starting to have sex mm. question for you do you prefer to see your characters come in a sex scene or are you satisfied when they cut it short mm.
0: i think it can depend uh i don't think i don't think coming is necessary for a good sex scene. Let me let me put it that way. But I don't think that someone's o face necessarily ruins the experience.
1: No, I feel like you need to do a lot of strategic editing in the middle if we're going to go from from start to finish on sex. Yeah, The rule for writing movie scenes is that you you join your characters in this moment late and you leave them early so you don't witness the entirety mm-hmm. of what's happening. That's a general rule for film and I think it applies to sex scenes too. I agree. You know,
0: ev- every scene is supposed to get you somewhere. And a sex scene I think that has, uh, has momentum, has changes, has obstacles and uh, solutions and... A climax. Oh, well, um, not necessarily not necessarily that kind of climax, but you know, definitely their moment of her asking him to say I love you and him sort of bewilderingly or bewilderedly I can't say that. <laughs> His sort of bewildered I love you, <laughs> that's that's like the the climax of the scene is we're seeing a character get what they want. After having the obstacles of him putting up, you know, barriers.
1: That's true. And that takes us into authenticity, which I only gave it a two out of five on authenticity. But I do quite like that moment when she says, tell me you love me. And he just makes this face and goes, what? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which is like the appropriate response to somebody who you met like two days earlier. (laughs) Demanding that you tell them you love them. Can I say... I wouldn't
0: be opposed if I was having like a one night stand with somebody and they were like, tell me you love me. I'd be like, yeah, it's role play. (laughs) It's a it's a weird kind of role play, but I could do that. That wouldn't necessarily be a deal breaker for me. But I think in this case,
1: when she knows that he is a girlfriend, it's very red flag. Oh, yeah. Huge red flag. For me, I only gave this a two, even though I do really like that moment. Um, like teenagers do dumb things, right? But mm-hmm. ugh, don't have pool sex, you guys. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's just begging for all kinds of gross things like pregnancy and yeast infections and like whatever else it's just a horrible idea they clearly don't use any protection (laughs) they barely know each other so inauthentic for those reasons or maybe super authentic because teenagers do gross shit i don't know um (laughs) but i do love the weightless wall sex that pools allow for um and for me Mm. that's more authentic than any of the other wall sex we see in movies because you don't have to be a fucking bodybuilder to pull it off.
0: <laughs> right. There is that. Mm-hmm. Does that mean you would appreciate,
1: as an alternative to pool sex, zero G sex? Zero, Yeah, zero gravity sex, I think, would also be fun. Um, if only because, like, you could get, get to spinning out of control and it would be really funny. <gasps> yeah. I just want to see somebody that would get be so fun. Like, dizzy and puke having zero G sex. I don't know why. That would be really funny for me.
0: I think there has been a porn on on that um you know that that plane that goes like up and down and up and down and simulates zero g? No. <laughs> I think there was a porn shot on that that doesn't shock me, I guess. <laughs> yeah, anyway, I think you're right to point out that that this is clearly unsafe sex uh for a multitude of reasons, but that also teens teens be up to some weird shit, That's you know
1: true. get into some grody irresponsible shit and maybe this is more authentic than i'm giving it credit for but um just because i don't want anybody to be doing this i'm giving it a two
0: (laughs) yeah that's fair i think that's fair
1: heat though (laughs) Heat. heat let's talk about it i give a four out of five i think this is really hot and what makes this one hot for me are like those deep kisses. Mm. Poulsen really lets them linger in those kisses for a while, which makes the whole thing more romantic and less scary. Um, and the kisses are also not so intense that you feel the sinister nature of what's unfolding. A lot of times mm-hmm. in movies, sex that you shouldn't be having, sex that's irresponsible. Is kind of like really intense and passionate because it's like, oh, we better get through this before we lose our nerve. But this isn't like that. I'm wondering whether I agree with you or not.
0: I think it's hot that they they are clearly taking their time, like you said. Uh, I think there are a few really hot moments about this. Uh, I agree with you. The shot uh, that we see of of his face and you see his luscious lips right before he dives in for a kiss. Mm-hmm. And is that's sort of the moment where he's, you can see in his eyes, he's taking
1: control. Right. I appreciate that moment. That second, he's like gasping because she's grabbed his dick. Yeah. That's such a good shot. That's a really hot shot.
0: <laughs> yeah, that gives it, I think, several points in my book. Um, but I don't know. I think four might be a little generous because it is... Only their faces
1: and their shoulders that we're really seeing. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I I would any day over watching actual like P and V porn. I would rather watch mm. a sexy movie. Um, just in terms of like what I find hot. Um, we've had other discussions about <laughs> porn preferences, mm-hmm. but but in terms of what I'm more likely to find hot it's like a really good pg-13 sex scene rather than porn that's like just so focused on the anatomical (laughs) nature of sex rather than um you know the emotion or i don't know whatever else (laughs) the the anatomical part of it is the least sexy part of sex for me
0: i can understand that and i can understand then in contrast why just looking at someone's face is Uh, would
1: be attractive Mm -hmm. especially one that I've so enjoyed staring at for 20 years
0: all right I I can I concede the point
1: (laughs) (laughs) thank you I rest my case (laughs) (laughs) hell I will die on is how horny I am for Jesse Bradford
0: You, you, you got one more,
1: one more <laughs> letter in this acronym. I do. Knock it out of the park. That takes us to production value, which overall, I'm not sure is super great for this whole movie, but for this scene, I'm giving it another four because I really hmm. like the use of color in this Um, in, in particular. Yes. The cinematography and editing are, they're like effective, not superlative, but also not distracting you from what we're there for, which is the sexy stuff. Um, nothing groundbreaking is happening, but I think it all really works for something that's essentially just a souped up teen movie. Like most of the movie is tinted blue as though we're seeing it like through this, this brain that's like always swimming laps at the pool. (laughs) I don't know. So much of the movie is, is tinted blue, um, that this scene doesn't stand out in that way as much as you'd like it to, but standing alone, Mm. standing alone, I think it's well done. That's interesting
0: because I was more impressed with the color choices uh, before you told me that. Yeah. (laughs) Because I think what makes a really good color theory in a film is contrast. Uh, And what's working in this scene is the contrast between the blue and the red. And if the whole film is kind of blue
1: scale, like it, it gets fatiguing. It does, but it it still really works here, I think.
0: Okay, in this scene, yes, I think the the color works. <laughs> this is probably the scene that deserves this coloring the most.
1: Yes, very much so. So
0: that's what I have. I, I really liked this one, but I yeah. I had an honorable mention. Do you have an honorable mention? I do have an honorable mention. So my honorable mention—I'm <laughs> laughing. Um, uh. So my honorable mention is a film I don't think you'll have seen because, for all intents and purposes, I don't believe it's very good. <laughs> it's Color of Night. Have you ever heard of it?
1: I don't think so.
0: Uh, it's a weird Bruce Willis film. I forget if this was 80s or 90s. Back when Bruce Willis was leading man, sexy material. And there's just kind of this, this scene where, uh, Bruce Willis and Jane March, who plays Rose, have sex in a pool and they're just, it's like underwater shots and, uh, you fully see Bruce Willis's little Willie.
1: (laughs) Is it little? (laughs) Uh, no, it's pretty average. (laughs) okay that was really the most important question i had
0: (laughs) yeah um so they're just kind of they're they're just kind of doing the dang thing under the water and you're and the camera's down there with them it was one that i had considered for a later episode uh but i didn't really like the scene very much (laughs) so i decided i would move it up to honorable mention here of just you know It's fun. You get to see Bruce Willis' penis. What's wrong with that?
1: That's uh, enough of a reason to watch a movie for me is seeing a famous penis. All right. Please tell me your honorable mention. Oh, sure. Um, So I wanted to keep it on theme. And I picked another teen movie, Mm -hmm. To All the Boys I've Loved Before, which... Yes, (sighs) I was hoping. It has a not sex scene (laughs) in a hot tub, which is integral to the plot. That it's not a sex scene. (laughs) This is the moment where um, Peter tells Lara Jean that he has feelings for her and she climbs into the hot tub with him in her nightgown and kind of like straddles his lap and they make out and it's really hot, um, which is starting to make me feel pervy that I'm talking about these teenage boy characters. But for the record, they're both played by men in their mid-twenties. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah but Noah Centineo gives off huge young Ruffalo vibes to me, which I'm Mm, very into.
0: I I agree with that. Oh, well, that's lovely, Kate.
1: Thank you. Thank you. That takes us to the end um, where we say, write to us. We want to hear from you. Mm -hmm. Tell us what you're watching, what you think we should be watching, what you want to hear us get pervy about. Um, We're at, Info at let's get it on The website is let's get it on We're at let's get it on film on Twitter and Instagram. Check us out all those places and where you get your podcasts.
0: Yeah. And, and uh, you should always uh, leave us a review if you like our content that, that really helps us get, uh, get noticed. So thank you.
1: Mm-hmm. And um, don't forget to check out our companion piece, the let's get it on film. Fuck jams playlist, which is on Spotify. Mm-hmm. And all together now, Lauren. Keep it pervy. <laughs>
0: keep. I couldn't keep up. Keep it pervy, Kate. Keep it pervy. <laughs> From the society he is bent upon destroying. Look at his face. It is the face
1: of a smart mother.